0: The cannabishes welcome to high tea high tea is a high vibe cannabis entertainment company for women who also love weed hey, buyin this is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic the role it has in the lives and processes hey, of cool and creative people everywhere and an evolving cannabis culture we're seeing happen before our very eyes we're elevating perceptions with every episode. Listen up as we go in. Welcome back, Cannabis Season Two of High Tea Life, coming at you hot. We are in a post-legalization world. A L A L P L whatever. We're post October 17th, where apparently now cannibals is in Canada. Woo! Life for me personally hasn't changed that much because I've never been one to abide by the rules. So we are going to take a look right now at the grand scheme of things about life, how much it's changed, if it has at all, why all my dispensaries are closed, and most importantly, Are we being punked? I personally have not checked out OCS.ca. My sister just admitted to ordering and consuming as such. But there are multiple conversations to be had, and I want to hear your experiences. Holla at your girl, holla at hight.life, and let me know, or send me like an Instagram video or snap that or some shit. And let me know what your experience has been like, what your LP gange has been like, if you're smoking the pre-rolls and figured out that it's swag yet. Today we are talking to an OG Canadian, canna beige, canna enthusiast, canna advocate extraordinaire, and, and I will say A winner of one of my personally secret favorite shows, Big Brother. We are talking to Sarah Hanlon, ray of sunshine, cutie fucking pie, cannabis enthusiast. And now she's a cannabis. I'm loving her... Point of view on life. She is going around illuminating and teaching and changing minds, just being authentically her. I love her story and her perspective and just the way she kind of vibes through life. We had a great sesh. So listen up as we dive into life post legalization. So, what's your nickname?
1: Like my handle, you mean?
0: Well, do people call you your handle?
1: Yeah. No, like <laughs> tell me. Are you Both. asking like... What if does I your handle t-
0: mean? And why do I want to call you f- flat schlamling okay, okay, in my okay. head?
1: So, honestly, it, I tried <laughs> to be like funny and witty and, and make this like... Well, and because I'm from a time which these young kids nowadays, they don't realize like to me, I was it was never supposed to be about... Your handle should have never been your name, your actual name. Your right. handle was supposed to be something different. Jokes. Right? Jokes. Jokes. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Or like whatever. And, or some kind of weird... Quirky thing about your personality. So, uh, Fats Domino is my favorite jazz musician ever.
0: Amazing. And I was Yeah, you like you jazz, eh? Like- I love isn't jazz. Isn't it weird how I know this about you just by creeping on your IG? Oh, I know. People
1: are always like, you really love jazz. I like, don't really like yeah. listen to it that much, but I feel like maybe just in our age too, you just don't see people like enjoying it, enjoying it, match. it like that yeah yeah and yep. even if they do it's not something that they would think to like share with other people or whatever mm-hmm. but I could talk about jazz like oh my god all day th- I'm
0: it's obsessed a I've, I've
1: actually been thinking about doing an article about because <clears throat> it's pretty inaccessible like it, it feels inaccessible to people like they don't know what's going on or where like, to start exactly like what is this? this is just music like this is just sounds it's not music
0: mm-hmm. but
1: there's like three or four easy tricks that you can do that you can get ahead of Jazz and really get a handle on it, and then and then it's just a song like any other. Like, do you you know how people like songs they can sing along to? Okay. I feel like the reason people don't like Uh jazz is because you can't really sing along. Not lyrical for the most part. If you so, my first tip in my article would be pinpoint one instrument and listen to that song and only listen to that one instrument. Ooh. Listen to
0: its narrative.
1: Just one, just the drums or just the trumpet or whatever. And then listen to that song. I mean, most jazz songs have like four or five instruments in them. Some could be more. But pick a simple song, like a quartet, four instruments. And then listen to it four times. And each time pick the different instrument. And then listen to it four times in a row. And I I would bet 50% of the time, the person who does that will like jazz music by the end. Because then it becomes a song. And then you can kind of sing along to it in your head. You hear the trumpet as a singer. You hear the drummer as the melody. Like those, the instruments take different roles in the songs at different times. Okay. And it's only until you really kind of pinpoint it and listen to each instrument alone that you can uh, really grasp, like I said, kind of get ahead of the song and really grasp it and hear it as like a whole thing. So anyway, that's my little side note on jazz. See, as you could tell, I really like jazz. Diggity, it. diggity. You really like jazz. And I love New Orleans jazz specifically. And Fats Domino was kind of like, to me, the king of New Orleans jazz. And I, so I did my last semester of school in New Orleans. Um, I saved up all my options and I took classes about jazz and classes about the city. I took an English class about like just Louisiana literature. Like it was a dream semester. And that's when I made my first, we had, um... We had this class. It was amazing. Irvin Mayfield taught this class, who was a trumpet player in New Orleans, kind of like an ambassador there. And he, I, when I signed up for this class, I thought there would be like a 300 people lecture. I walk in, there was like 12 of us in this really intimate setting with this amazing professor, amazing jazz musician, and he would bring people in from the community to just talk about New Orleans. The class was called New Orleans as a Discourse. Ah. Like, I couldn't... How pick. cool is that? And this is the longest answer to your question. But <laughs> he would bring different people in, like John Besh or um, George Rodrigue, the artist of... You know those blue dog paintings? They were in Friends. It became a really yes. famous, iconic painting. He came in and, and style. talked to our class. He's yeah. since, which is really unfortunate, but such an amazing talent. So we were just so lucky, just for the content of this class. And then not only that... All we had to do, our only assignments were blog posts about the guests that we just saw. And really this professor, Irvin Mayfield, was way ahead of his time because this was before anybody did anything like this. Amazing. So he was like, get yourselves a Facebook, um, a Twitter, an Instagram. And he set us up with like our own little blog posts. And it was like, you pick your handle. Okay. No, I couldn't be Fats Hanlon because like this is a podcast you can't see. I'm like the most flat chested, like <laughs> bony ass person you've ever seen in your life. And I had been called flat chested my entire life. No, And, and also <laughs> I'm very terrible at jazz myself. Like when I try to play, I have a saxophone. When I try to play, I'm always flat. Right. So uh. I, it was just this. I thought genius name Flats Hanlon. That's what I went with. That's what's my handles for everything, and then subsequently was my handles for everything since then. Um, but no one, everybody calls me Flats Shanlon. Flat Flats Schlanlin. Yeah, exactly. You read it wrong. You read it wrong. It's it's the thing. It's the it's the the text on Instagram and Twitter and all that, but
0: it's the eyeball jig. Yeah. So and I people
1: ask me that often, but how am I going to tell that story? Like, listen to that story. So what do you say? I just, I'm like, it's like a take on like ja a jazz musician. I like, or I'll say like, cause I'm flat chested. I mean, I don't know. You
0: mean you don't know? <laughs> well, now you know, I, I, I tried, just like, start a hashtag
1: where I posted like, my my tits and like shirts that <laughs> accentuated accentuated my flat chestedness and like ha- hashtag flat tanlin. Like I really tried to drill it. Oh. It that didn't pick work. up? No, I don't no, pick
0: up. No, no. But well, to me,
1: it was in for like the first 18 years of my life, it was like the most obvious thing to people. <laughs> like, hello. Of all the things.
0: Of all the things. I mean, I think we could take it and run. But I am here with Sarah Hanlon. <laughs> Not a flat chested or flat anything kind of woman.
1: Well, hey. It's flat. It's flat, but it's not not beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: It's all beautiful. Exactly. You are one of the original cannabishes out there, loud and proud oh, with your I, can of love. That's too sweet of you. And can I say you are also? And maybe you don't want anyone telling this anymore. But you're also the winner of my like. Uh, guilty pleasure show.
1: As if I don't want people telling me, the big, the brother
0: won. Canada won. Uh, Girl, yeah. Tell me everything. I have been watching because I'm a strategist, right? Like I'm.
1: You would do amazing on Big brother. Think,
0: oh, I think so too. I think I would win if, unless people sniff me out as like stiff competition in the beginning. But what's interesting to me is, as a humanist and a strategist, is and a behaviorist maybe is watching how like by nature or nurture, um, people who don't even naturally who aren't even strategic to start end up becoming that.
1: It's it's like ruined me as a person. Okay, tell me everything I I it's Once you play it and see it and then keep watching, and and all reality TV really in general, and then see the way it plays out after the fact and who gravitates towards who, and you become this meta person. Like, and so you're probably as a behaviorist, like, kind of already a little bit like that. But after Big Brother, it's just like, I just like I meet people and I know who they would be a fan of, who they would want to win, mm. who they wouldn't root for, why they wouldn't root for them, you mm-hmm. know. And it's it's just very interesting. Like, sh- and I want to say that like sometimes I'm wrong, but like no, never wrong. No,
0: well, intuition is a beautiful thing. Instinct is a beautiful thing. But if it's allowed you to sharpen it and hone it, would you think that? Do you think that there's like a certain just groupings of people, almost? That we all sort of, I always say stoners sniff each other out, for example. Do you know like, what I mean?
1: You know, when you know, it's always <laughs> like a line. It's never every when you meet someone and you know they're a stoner, it's never them saying, like, oh, I smoke weed. It's always something like, it's like a somebody about other they
0: personality. Like, or they're they, just they chub. A
1: song or something, mm. and you're like, yeah, they smoke weed. Yeah. There's always that moment, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. For
0: sure, no matter the generation. Like, I can come across a 60-year-old and be like, she's down.
1: 100%. For sure. Right? But there's also, I think, too, it's like the perceptions that other people have of you, mm-hmm. too, that is is what's not changing. So it's like, sure, there's groups of people, but I think naturally anybody can get along with anybody, right? But it's that, like, we've ingrained these perceptions of who who will trust us, who will talk to us, who we can be close to. And it becomes so ingrained that it's really hard to shake those.
0: So by that, do you mean that you think we kind of trust each other as a group and community?
1: Well, I think, no, I think maybe the opposite in that we've been conditioned or like you say, it may be a bit of nature and nurture in what in there, but that mostly that in life, we've kind of, we're used to gravitating towards certain people mm. and because it makes sense in certain ways in our life, in the way that our life is structured. But then when you take that out and you put 16 people in a house and you say, okay, you don't have to play by those rules anymore. Make alliances as you wish. That's play what, by new rules. Play by new rules mm-hmm. and make alliances. That's a kind of fancy reality TV show game word for relationships like because that's right all, or it, reality right we talk about real strategy life. and big brother mm-hmm. I mean it's all just relationships mm-hmm. really and so when you get to the nitty-gritty it's like it's it's kind of weird to see the same things play out over and over again in a situation where it is a vacuum and there are no rules right so that's why like the best seasons and the best alliances are I love when there are unpredictable ones right you know Unexpected or when someone shit. you know who like in Two seasons ago in Big Brother now, there was like a mother and she was in her 40s. And and because not a lot of older people, like, I mean, older than the 21 demographic of the show, tries out because of the nature of the show where people are locked away for three months. I mean, you have to give up your whole life. So It's three months. It's three months. Yeah. And you have, and there's no contact with the outside world. So you have to put someone in charge of all your shit.
0: Did you go bananas?
1: Uh, if anybody, anybody <laughs> listening right now who watch is like, oh, uh, yeah, she did.
0: Okay, of course. Yes, and did. you didn't obviously have cannabis.
1: No, I did not have cannabis. No,
0: but you, were you an advocate of cannabis back then? I
1: was. And so I went on the show and I was like... I'm proud. And I'm a pothead. And I, I worked at... Um, Vapor Central at Young and Bloor. Awesome. So it was a really easy way for me to be like, I work at a cannabis lounge. Yeah, cool. I'm a pothead. And that was a reason I won too because I was like, I'm a pothead. Don't worry about me. I'm a stoner. Right. And it's interesting like, talking about perceptions I was gonna say so that worked even despite me thriving and doing well in the game and people seeing me as smart and Mm -hmm. people wanting to work with me and and there was moments where like we would have to size people up and you would have to say who you thought was smartest and who who you thought would most likely win the game and stuff and I was always in the higher demographic people thought I was smart people thought I would win the game but because I kept saying I'm a stoner I'm laid back don't worry about me it, it still worked. Like You even were dismissed. I was still and that's dismissed what's important. a certain way. And it was still like, well, Sarah's like, just Sarah. She's not threatening. And that's how I, I kind of try to live my life. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I mean, there are still people who would say, oh, well, she won, but she just won because of this or that or that. And it's like, I mean, when I auditioned whatevs. for the show. Whatevs. You won. When I auditioned for the show, I said, you know, I tend to kind of like, people kind of walk all over me sometimes. And I, I'll tend to let them. But... That's okay because I have a better vantage point from down here, you know? And I don't need to be up there. I really could care less about. And at the point, at the time too, I really couldn't care less about winning. I wanted to have a platform. I wanted to talk about weed. I wanted to talk about feminism. I wanted to talk about like inclusivity and like using pop culture in important ways. So that was what was important to me. So, like, the other stuff was just gravy. And so if. People still call people still call me a terrible winner. I don't care.
0: Nobody's fucking calling you that. What I love is that you say from pop culture to pop culture and you're talking about normalizing pot culture through pop culture. And I love that you went out. I mean, Big Brother one was how long ago?
1: Three years it was it was Big Brother three. Oh. but it was three years ago now. So okay. now they're on like uh, their seventh season. Yeah.
0: So you went out loud and proud from the get wanting to like use that platform to normalize which is amazing and but way sooner than most people
1: well and to be honest like you're giving me a little too much credit because it was like I really wanted to be on big brother and I I worked at vapor central and I knew I knew that if I was going to do a reality tv show I needed to just be my full self Mm -hmm. so it was like because people say that to me all the time like oh you're so brave and all that and I mean, yeah, a little bit. Like, it was a little nerve-wracking and scary. And I did have to pull a Band-Aid. There were people in my life who, I, I like, you know, aunts and grandmothers and distant yeah. family that I knew, like, oh, man, this is going to be kind of maybe a thing. Or yeah. if I try to get a job after, it might be kind of a thing. But then I really was just, like, the opportunity for me to be on a reality for TV sure. show. As someone who had, I've always been the pop culture thing. Like, uh, I did my thesis on the power of pop culture I grew up watching The Simpsons I call myself a grown up version of Lisa Simpson amazing it's like I think we should I have a meme for you things, right oh, oh yeah oh I can't wait to see it but uh, so yeah, I mean that was my and goal. use these platforms
0: to normalize. Yeah, exactly. For sure.
1: But uh, but so that was my goal. But at the same time, it was also my opportunity. Mm-hmm. So other people like they're giving up stuff when they come out and say, "Hey, I'm a cannabis user," or "I'm this," or "I'm that." I was getting something out of it, you know. Like, and I, I was out of school. I was serving, and I was happy to go back to serving. I find that super dignified. But do you awesome think that's work. still
0: the case that people are giving up stuff if they come out as a cannabis user now? I th-
1: Honestly, I don't know. I mean, there was, there's been so much fear of that. And there has been a lot of work to, to get us here where we do feel that stigma. Right. And now with like, that's why I think the, the most exciting thing about legalization for me is that at least it's not illegal. Right. So legally you couldn't fire somebody or all those things. Right. But I mean, up until a few months ago, you could you could go to jail if you told the wrong person mm-hmm. in a lot of people's minds. If you, you know? told the wrong
0: person with the wrong amount. Yeah. Of
1: power or, no doubt. you know. And yep. the people, and I'm, uh, another reason why I'm a lucky person and I saw it as more like a responsibility and an opportunity for me as opposed to like, oh, I'm doing something great for people was, I'm, I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. I don't have people. I didn't have a job where I felt like it was... Someone was going to fire me, At or risk. I wouldn't be able to, yeah. you know, continue to make means for myself. I'm able-bodied too, so I do have the means to make money. For, like there are lots of different intersections that people face. They're in relationships with people they don't trust. They have children with people who the relationship has went sour with, and stuff. Those people are literally paralyzed,
0: yeah. to a certain to ste- in stepping into the light. They right? can't. Yeah,
1: you're right. Or they use cannabis for for their medical conditions, their mental health issues, their addiction issues, mm-hmm. like, and, they, and they're and they terrified of, like, if someone found out that and they maybe tried to take it away or reduce it or kind of alter it. Like,
0: anything. It could terrifying. affect insurance. It anything. could affect yep.
1: insurance. Like I said, uh, custody of your children. Mm-hmm. All these things, right? Like, and even so, it's le- it's legal now, but there's still, like, buprension insurance, so it makes me think of, I just recently read, insurance companies are now trying to, like, Figure out who's growing their four plant, their legal four plants, mm. and then like take their house insurance away. And like realtors want a, a registry of anybody who's ever grown cannabis, so that realtors know when they're showing houses to tell people, oh well, there was a cannabis, quote unquote, Stop. grow
0: up. In here. Yes. You're joking me right now. No. Okay, so I met a guy. He's a lovely fella. I fucking can't remember his name right now. Blurb, add it in. And he builds these beautiful like corner cabinets that are made for condos that are super chic. Oh, I love it. And they're grow cabinets. Well... And because that- it's being normalized, we're all allowed it, and everyone wants organic and not processed and chemicalized everything. And we can do it in our exactly. homes, and it really
1: is like like I'm counting four plants in your house right now. Where's the mold? Where's the yeah uh, pests Or where's the you know the black mold? Or and what I don't even know. I think that's literally as far as they've gone to try to make up excuses as to why this is so unhealthy we grew
0: this summer i grew two plants oh
1: and how did it go out i don't haven't smoked it yet
0: it's up there we should (laughs) i should try it tonight and let you guys know they i think i got powder mildew
1: pm Uh, uh, yeah yeah that's very common yeah
0: um but i'm I'm intrigued it's
1: humid here so
0: it was in a greenhouse and i wouldn't do that again it was in like a greenhouse too hot like too hot too dry did
1: you put fans and stuff in there no put a bunch of did it all wrong there um, cause I'd still, we use a greenhouse, but I mean, yeah, you could do either one. I yeah. mean, the greenhouse We need to do a, a grow, grow episode. Oh, that would be so, I mean, yeah, I just want to talk about it more cause growing is really, once you start doing it too, you it's realize empowering. It's, a proce- it's a, it's a process and okay. it's h- super empowering. Mm-hmm. Super empowering. Mm-hmm. And in terms of stigma, it did a lot for me to really, cause like I still, I'm just like a guilty person by nature. Like I kind of run on guilt. Oh no. Are you Catholic? No, uh, I should have been. I was like the only person who was raised completely unreligious and felt like I, I was like, mom, can you Are take you Virgo? me to like a uh, confession? What? Are you Virgo? Um, I'm a Pisces.
0: Oh, that's so why I, I like you. I feel
1: a lot maybe that yeah. has to do with yeah. That. So I feel strongly. So then I'm like constantly racking my brain as to like how I maybe contributed to the problem. Or
0: something Did like you just that. say you asked to go to confession?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because I, my my brothers and sisters, um, their dad is Catholic, Italian, so they were always going, they were always getting baptized, and this and that. And I was like, come on, I need some saving. Like, Let me let it out. Are you guys going to go to heaven and leave me here? And then you found the plant. And then I found the plant.
0: And that helps you let it out in a different kind of way, doesn't it? And confess it in a new sort of way to 100%, yourself. 100%. It didn't mm-hmm.
1: change it. It actually probably made it In terms of guilt, like, I saw more my role in the universe. Differently. Right? And so maybe it was guilt about, like, things that mattered Mm. more as opposed to guilt Mm -hmm. about, like, trash that didn't matter.
0: I Um, often, like, smoke and then realized I didn't show up. The way I should have shown up for somebody, or in that moment, and it sometimes it takes the join, and oh, I don't know if how if what that makes me as a person, but it sometimes does.
1: It makes you thoughtful. Uh,
0: absolutely, yeah. it, it takes and, and the moment.
1: Gives you that moment, mm-hmm. and what you're choosing to do. With and the that vantage point is reflect. Exactly, hundred percent.
0: Exactly, reflect.
1: Can I borrow your lighter? Absolutely, my friend. I was I say I was just having this conversation with a friend too about the same thing. It's just made me so much more thoughtful of a person. I used to be so dark, like pre, pre head Sarah. Really? Oh yeah.
0: Hmm. It's just about somewhere to put it, right? You need, if you feel a lot, especially if you're Pisces and water sign, I'm double water sign. So you just, you need somewhere to put it. And I always said you engage deep. Cannabis helps you engage more deeply with whatever is right in front of you. So be it a conversation a meal, a piece of music or jazz, as you were saying, a piece of art, a movie, or yeah. you can fucking sink into the couch and turn on the Simpsons. Yeah. Whatever the case yes. is, you're in it. Yes, right. So if you have and a you moment with your thoughts, you're walking something. the dog. You're the vantage point changes. You see the forest somehow.
1: A hundred percent. And if you've and like can if you've used cannabis, you've experienced that. Like, mm-hmm. it, and you've experienced it in a kind of like more metaphorical way that we're talking about but also like you can experience it in a practical like holy shit in the last 30 seconds my whole vantage point has changed i remember one of the first times i had that experience i went to hawaii with my family and i was really sick at the time my stomach i couldn't keep food down and a bunch of stomach issues not that they're gone but they're I n- know what's going on now more and but at the time so I was smoking a ton of weed before I went on my trip and I went on the trip just to like even keep food down and stuff so I go on this trip and of course like it's the states I don't know if I'm gonna get any weed for like three or four days I don't have weed and it's the first time in a really long time I've had any sort of a break like the first time in years probably So, with that break, like, everybody knows what a tolerance break can be, to I
0: was on my list of things to talk to you about today.
1: Like, it's pretty fucking incredible. It's needed
0: right now for me.
1: And it's worth it. Like, on... So, this moment... Even though I was sick the first few days and blah, 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 we were in Maui, actually, not Hawaii, and we were doing the road to Hana, which, if anybody's done this, it's literally driving into heaven. It's like this rainforest, and you drive to the top of it, and it's winding roads of just the most luscious rainforest you could ever see. And I remember doing it, and we're driving. And I had gotten weed like the night before, but I I hadn't smoked it yet. And we were driving and we're going up the waterfall and it was beautiful. And we were all enjoying it. But I just remember thinking like, oh, we're going to get to the top. Like, I wonder what the top is like. And I remember thinking like, oh, all these people do this like incredibly hard drive. Like it must be pretty good up there. And all of us in the car were kind of talking about this. And my dad wanted a beer at the top. And my brother wanted to stretch his legs and blah, blah, blah. And I was on their wavelength, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is nice and like enjoying it, but being like, when are we going to get to the destination? I come out, I smoke half a joint, get back in the car. It's not the destination, it's the journey. Like I was like, oh my God, people don't do the drive for Hannah. They do the drive for the drive to Hannah. Like that's the thing. And I keep that memory and that feeling I had of just like, whoa, the trees lit up, the the eucalyptus. Like there was these painted, painted eucalyptus trees and they just like glowed in the forest, you know? And when people talk about like, I don't know if you've ever heard people say, like, cannabis is psychedelic. Like, I've hallucinated on cannabis. Mm. I feel like what they're talking about is that. Like, it's not a hallucination so much as just this. Like, we're saying this massive vibrational shift in the in, in the way you're seeing the world around you.
0: That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a, the, like the lens changes at the optometrist office. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And like the optometrist's office, when you go your eyes are gotten so much worse you don't realize until they put that lens in there. And they are like, holy shit, I can see.
0: You've clicked into place somehow. I was doing... Oh, maybe our levels are up too high, but then they'll fix it all later. Hopefully. I was doing some like science learning on this, which you probably have done a lot more of considering your... Leafly knowledge and everything like that. Well,
1: I, am not really, I, you know, throw to the experts a lot. Yeah, yeah. To experts, throw to the but- experts always. <laughs>
0: um, but to learn that what cannabis does in like a grand scheme of things is really regulating the equilibrium of all of our systems. It's called homeostasis. It means like state of. Yeah. Equal, equilibrium. Yeah. And that's quite literally what it does. It's, it's amazing. Like you've drifted so far off center that you don't realize it. And it somehow brings you back to reality, not to mention the other physiological and mental and spiritual
1: It's benefits, magic. Right? When I read that too, I had that mom- a yeah, moment. Like, that uh-huh. aha. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. Well, yeah, uh-huh. it's right there. Like... And and the fact that like doctors don't really like cover that huge in med school is like what they don't learn about it. It's like what isn't they don't that? Learn like, about- don't you need to know about that kind of system that maintains the balance in our body and how these cannabinoid receptors are there for that specific thing? It is insane to me that they don't learn about the
0: endocannabinoid system. It's
1: really messed up. And when I heard that about uh, homeostasis, I thought, well, it's kind of interesting. Cause I always say to people, I think cannabis gives you kind of like what you need at that moment. Yeah. So people will fill it in, people, fills in the gap. Right. And, and that's why it's always kind of different for everybody mm. and why it's really hard to explain like what exactly cannabis is going to do for you. Um, like people will message me and be like, Oh, like I try to smoke weed, but when I smoke eat, I just like end up eating a lot. I just end up munching out. Well, you know what? Maybe that's what Maybe your body you need needs. Maybe you don't have the best relationship with food. Or um, people often say, oh, well, I just like pass out. And I'm like, well, how much do you often, like how often do you normally sleep a night? Well, four hours? I can get by on four hours sleep. It's like, mm, okay. <laughs> Maybe your body is like, I need some sleep. Interesting. F- telling you where it
0: needs compensation. Yeah. I never... Th- considered it like that and
1: not to say that like every munchy craving is like do it do it but I do think there is something to like listening like I took a a really amazing yoga class and the first half of the yoga class was just about like if you lie here and you do something to your body and then you lie there you can kind of feel your body talking back to you Uh like you know yep. if your back needs work you do this stretch and then you lie there and like where is your back vibrating like where is it tingling and it's I was kind of like mind blown like holy shit
0: yeah it's really
1: all right there you just have to listen to it
0: yeah it's like it's presence right yeah awareness yeah my friend always exactly says to me. so
1: so sure there's half of it where it's just like I want you know to indulge in whatever but if you have that other half that's like maybe I deserve indulging. Maybe mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with this. Let me really, really tap into and listen to what I'm asking for here. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just thirsty. You know, like maybe I don't need a Slurpee. Maybe I'm just like thirsty. And you know what would be nice, like some flavored water or yeah,
0: something. I need some fruits. Yeah, um, it's interesting because I say often that uh, you comment it for one thing, mind, spirit, soul, mind, body, soul, and you realize it helps all things. And then I'm like more and more waking up to the realization that I've said it fucking before, we're talking about med and we're talking about rec and so many of us are in the middle. We're in natural health and wellness and for whatever reason we've come to the plant and come into it, it could have been for fun yeah. and it could have been for healing. Yeah. We've, st- we've figured out that this is something that allows us and empowers us to have natural health and wellness within ourselves. We don't need the fucking pharma. We don't need to go to the doctor. Yeah. For the most part, somehow, some way, this weed is providing a solution yeah. for almost all of our ailments. And I'm not religious. I grew up Catholic. Despite, I'm not, despite it, I'm not religious. But there is a passage in the Bible that says that God or goddess put a plant on earth to heal all ailments. Everything that we all suffer from, that there is perhaps something on earth to heal us. And the fact that CBD and cannabis and shit like turmeric and all this other stuff are in like societal pop culture conversation Mm -hmm. is like... A huge revolutionary, I think, shift in awakening. It is honestly, it is huge. if even if it's Instagram, thanks Insta. Like if Instagram's passing along this, you know, the I'm, celery juice I'm exactly and everything. The same way. Right?
1: It's like it's like whatever. We gotta meet people where that we're at, and whatever, as long as the message is getting out there, and it's like mm-hmm. the right message, and it's inclusive, or mm-hmm. you know working to be as inclusive as possible at all times because I think when you just go like we're inclusive I mean I think you're failing right because I think it's always kind of a uh a work to do that right you can't just be like oh we're perfect and we're all set up now right so no. but I do think as long as that is happening then yeah then like whatever mm-hmm. however people get to it I'm fine with that you bring up the CBD thing I I, it, I struggle with the talking about um CBD as, as, like, I don't struggle with talking about it. I, I often think about the way that we talk about CBD in the media as being, like, kind of, like, the good sister and, like, THC as being, kind, we kind of lose, our forgetting THC. and I think we're still stigmatizing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing by saying, like, oh, no, but CBD is different. Exactly. We're just, um, like...
0: Perpetuating the problem. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing
1: wrong with THC either. And... there is lots of healing properties in THC and we don't have to knock one to raise the other one. Mm -hmm. But then half of me also says, I know that CBD is a great entry point for a lot of people like to tell people that you aren't going to get intoxicated and that it's it's anti-inflammatory and really people like respond to it so well. Um, So it's, it's hard. I find, I feel like there is the perfect middle ground with, um, like, again, like how we're talking about it, finding that perfect balance and always striving for, you know, the best and most occlu- inclusive approach.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, baby steps, right? I say that CBD is going to be the vehicle to permissibility culturally, you know, and just women especially, but athletes too and sports, incorporating it into their wellness experience and wellness routines. Yeah. It's going to be a huge, like, green light in terms of people's perceptions and misperceptions. But you're right. I think as like OG stoners and cannabishes or call us what you will, we're about the plant. We're about the full spectrum experience. Mm -hmm. And why are people knocking something that's making us feel good and make you feel giggly, make you feel playful, make you get down on the floor with your kids and have some fun, like make you create some art that you wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise was that your man? Yeah. You guys are cute. Oh, he's like cute. I overheard you. I overheard him. You guys are cute. Oh, he's the best. My man and I split over weed. Yeah, over cannabis. He don't like he.
1: Dude, that's just super frustrating. I'm so sorry. Yeah,
0: no, he is a wonderful person and he is plant-based, so he totally understands, like, the power of the plant. But, you know, he's also, like, super clear um so it's been interesting I don't know how I don't know how you
1: can be clear not on well it de- gonna, I think it
0: depends on who you are maybe right exactly but that's what I mean but I always, so, I often am like you should just smoke so he never because had nobody, no he does oh, he has okay. but he's just like he he's moved beyond the medicine is his perspective. And I totally respect that. He's a huge supporter of my cannabis businesses, but not of my consumption. And so it's an interesting experience.
1: Oh, well, I'm really sorry. That's, that must've been really he's cool. hard.
0: He's cool. It's been hard though. But yeah.
1: yeah, that would be so hard. Yeah, I don't know. And cause we, so me Do and you s- smoke together. We've known each other since we were 15 really? and, and he's like, and that's the reason we like, cause we lived in Airdrie, Alberta where nobody, everybody was getting wasted why have in I their heard of that? In the air in the I don't know. Uh, it's right outside of Calgary. It's like a small town. It's booming. And they have a lot of weed shops and stuff coming up. It could be cannabis related. You've heard of it. Mm. Um, so no one, everybody got wasted in their trucks in the middle of the field. <laughs> and, but nobody got baked. So he would pick me up and we would go get baked and then we would do our own things because we kind of ran in different circles and he went to a different high school and stuff. But we were both kind of like infamous for being potheads and Airdrie and shit. And Interesting. And we'd, we'd drive around in his little Ford Festiva. <laughs> so if he turned around, like, so it's a different kind of thing. But yeah. if he turned around and said like, oh, I I think like, yeah, I'm over it. I would feel devastated. I would feel like heartbroken and backstabbed.
0: Well, yeah, he, he's over it. I mean, it's just, everyone's on their personal journey, right? And so what else?
1: Yeah, that must have been hard for you, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been – we smoked together only a few times. It would have been fun to do it more because I always had fun. I
1: mean, I don't like – and you say he's amazing. I'm sure he's amazing. And I don't mean to like, I, so I'm going to say this I, and I'm only prefacing it that way because I'm not trying to say this in, in a knocking way. But is it like that he, because I know a lot of people who it, anytime they were judgmental like that about me or like, not judgmental, and I'm not trying to say he's judgmental. That's the word. Okay, so. It's not that. Okay, so is it like, is it like.
0: It's wanting the best for me. And, and he like truly seeing, believes that
1: that truly is. Truly just
0: seeing it from two different vantage points.
1: Oh my God, know? that's. Oh, like that's so yeah. Because I would be, I'd be happier to just like dismiss it. Because this is what I was gonna say. Most people in my life who I've had that in the past, it's because they they're it's self hating. Really, like they hate the fact that they smoke weed. They Mm. feel it's like a weakness in them, Mm. and so they're trying to project that shit on me. Mm. I've experienced that a few times in my life from friends, yeah, and family too, a little bit, yeah. Because they and they'll be the ones who smoke way more than me when they smoke okay but then they flip it off and they're like you know those people too with cigarettes and sometimes too they're like you yeah. know you really shouldn't smoke cigarettes they're the devil and then like two <laughs> weeks later they got the the export a green packs <laughs> um so i've only experienced on that level and i feel like that would be easier because yeah. you could just say you know what they're being like
0: yeah it's their it, own thing it's their own issue yeah you know what i mean but yeah
1: th- yeah just coming down to like that's like you know, a re- it's almost like religion or something, right? Because it's just like something that's just so fundamentally kind of.
0: It's definitely fundamental. Yeah, it's definitely like it becomes. You know, it's a it's a choice. It's a life choice.
1: But you guys are still friends. Yeah. Well, that's
0: great. Yeah, we're, we're 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 navigating. <laughs> we're navigating our waters. Um, deep waters. So I had more questions for you. Okay. Okay. So what's your favorite strain? And obviously you're a joint girl, but you dab. I love
1: dabs. Yeah.
0: I'm, I dabbed once on the podcast with my favorite bud tenders. I had a great and slash unexpected experience because it was, High, clear, crisp. I didn't expect that. I thought it'd be like hazy. Yeah, no. Um because I tried a bong in like university once and mm-hmm. kind of assumed it was the same thing. And then no pens, nothing like that, or is that a pen I see? Yeah, I I use my You pen do it pen all. Bow.
1: Okay. Um so this is like me trying to replicate a dab on the go.
0: Okay, so that's an oil pen. It's an oil pen. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so I do, do you, have a vaporizer, too, in my purse.
0: Do you go back and forth between flour and oil for your tolerance?
1: Yes, I do. And for tolerance and the, the whole plant thing we were talking about before. Okay, full so, spectrum shit? Yeah. When, and when, you know, Michael Pollan is a food writer. I don't know if you've ever I've read heard of stuff. him. Yeah. he's like He was, like, huge back in when the slow food movement, like, started. Okay. And I remember reading something, like, a chapter in his book is essentially, to paraphrase, like, there is an orange... And you can take, and, and what's in an orange? Like vitamin C, vitamin D, beta carotene, or whatever the hell. Yeah. So you can take all those supplements, or and you can eat the orange. And scientifically, they, they've shown the orange does something that even if you took every single nutrient from the orange, and you took a supplement version of that, it's not doing what the orange is doing. I kind of look at cannabis that same way with the THC and the CBD I do think they balance each other out and I do think Mm -hmm. that they work together and same with the flour in the oil thing because you are getting like different terpenes and reduced terpenes and cannabinoids and stuff when you're um Making concentrates, right?
0: Interesting. I just recently saw this and it was almost like a a, a building and b- different building blocks and it showed how different terpenes are released at different temperatures. Mm-hmm. So that would, it kind of, same thing you're saying. It leads me to think that f- flour is going to burn, at, different, combust at a different temperature than oil, it's going to vape and yada yada. Mm-hmm. So different things and properties are going to be, be released from the compounds that are going to help different uh, different aspects of exactly okay. and like
1: you said the tolerance thing too like if I've been smoking too much oil I do one bonghoo and I'm like so ripped or vice versa and also <laughs> I have noticed like I started getting way more into dabbing because let's be honest like this I, I could write a whole article too about how dabbing will take over there are certain things about it that are just naturally like easier cleaner tastes better okay like no ash right uh, like i have my shot especially if you can get like really good consistent shatter oh you brought shatter is yeah, that I'll shatter so yeah show me this this is all, all the concentrates i get are usually like super shattery beautiful like package so i can yeah it's pretty great right and then i can cool. just like you literally i can pick it up sweet it, it does look dad, like honey or i can throw Whoop. it in my pen take the back. so Interesting. it's super convenient and like i said once you start dabbing for a while then you do a bong hoot it doesn't taste as nice like it still tastes great and i have to like condition my palate for it but it's like dabs taste amazing but so it did take over a little bit
0: that surprised me actually uh, how much you could taste the flower and taste or would taste whatever the plant was versus when you smoke made me realize that like cannabis sommeliers are going to be real oh yeah yeah, for yeah sure.
1: especially when you do low temp dabs oh my god the flavor on some of these things really it's absolutely beautiful yeah Intriguing. So nice. Intriguing. and so so you just stick start-
0: that little piece of shatter in yeah. your pen yeah cool yeah. beautiful no, it's okay. Cause of my
1: sickies. Are you sure? But yeah. I'm, I down.
0: mean, I'm disappointed, but I will try that one day. I'll we'll see c- I'll you come again. Back I'll we'll see you dabs, again. <laughs> we'll, do
1: pens, we'll do the whole. Thing. Yeah. We'll do, temp, we'll do high camp. You know what? This- we
0: should. We should do like a breakdown. I would love it. Okay. And there's
1: this new way to dab too. Speaking of the thing, you it reminded me of the terpene talk. You can you put a disc in and oh no sorry wait. You heat up the nail and then you put like a diffuser in. I don't get it. So it... <laughs> I clearly don't quite get it either. But it Can was we? basically instead of... cause So normally for a dab, you, you heat the nail with a torch. And it gets really, really hot. And then you wait for the nail to cool down. And then you drop the oil in. With this, you heat the torch up. And then you put the dab on like a diffuser type plate. Like almost like a spaghetti diffuser. You know when you make spaghetti sauce and you put that diffuser between the okay the, the thing it just kind no. of like <laughs> it, it's so that you can like um it gets even lower interesting so so the, like the heat it, that's the not how i dabbed a
0: bit. it was like a, a ring around the thing with oh, like oh, a spatula so an and it was like oh in,
1: so that will keep it at the perfect temperature all the time so that that's not. probably the most efficient way
0: and a blowtorch
1: uh, no, the, the email would just be plugged in. Okay, and it would look like a coil thing.
0: No, it wasn't that either. I don't know. Was I it ha- glass? I have video. Yeah, it was glass. Okay. It looked like a bong,
1: but with like yeah. syrupy but, and there stuff. No, there was no blue t- blowtorch,
0: and then a blowtorch. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, So
1: that's how. So that's what they call a nail. The glass. A, they call nail. a nail.
0: Oh, you got me confused that's now.
1: Why. Or a dome. Or what do they a call dome. it? A bucket. Because, and, and, well, and because they, it changed through the time. So essentially a, a dab is a hot knife, right? With oil.
0: Okay, yeah. So, Which like is, yeah. So I used to
1: be like, oh my Scary first Scary But then when I think about it, I mean, I was doing dabs in high school with my parents' knives and just putting them in the dishwasher. I
0: love a girl who did a hot knife. Right? Oh no.
1: Jesus age. <gasps> what the fuck?
0: How did it stop?
1: Oh no. It stopped...
0: It stopped, but we're just going to keep going.
1: Hopefully it wasn't long.
0: It stopped. (sighs) Let's just keep going. Okay. Shit. Fuck. Damn. That's
1: brutal. That's brutal. So there are tons of different ways to do the dabs. The pens can kind of suffice for me, but it's still not as great as the dabs.
0: Hopefully this didn't stop. So we're good. I double recorded because I'm tech tarted, even though that's, I shouldn't even say that. Okay. Okay,
1: If it stopped, hopefully it was only a 10 a
0: little. Yeah. Okay, so what is your favorite uh, strain?
1: Um, so I, I always say I always preface this by saying I'm really lucky because um, you get to try everything. A, I I have amazing access, and that's like not even lucky. That's like a privilege. Right? Yes, that we and like once you get in it, you don't realize like you know and and for the longest time it was just like i smoked what i could get absolutely and and for most people that's how it is
0: until not that long ago until illegal dispensaries frankly and And, my little jar tender running around and
1: still like access isn't great and there's lots of parts in the country where it's still like what you can get and even legally it's like the options aren't that great
0: okay we haven't even fucking talked about this yeah okay so So we're almost
1: we're living in a plethora of options now either because we're really not like you go to Seattle or like Vegas and stuff that then you're talking Yeah. and even like, or have access to certain people in the black market or know, know the right people have a culture like in Vancouver or Toronto. Remember if you live in these places and you're like, Oh, like we shouldn't have legalized. Like it was fine before, like 90% of the country didn't have that. Right. Like that's a really kind of lucky, privileged look and approach to be taking. And a, you're also, those are places where you, you might get in trouble for cannabis, but like, People in Airdrie, Alberta, they're getting arrested for cannabis still. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. affecting their whole okay. lives. Okay, for
0: so. sure. There are people who are still really negatively affecting their lives. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> okay, but, so
1: so the strain thing.
0: Okay, good. I love that your memory is still like on point despite. I'm I'm,
1: I'm a terrible ranger. You're good so like I that. Have to at least have a vision. You're like I've know.
0: got a north star.
1: <laughs> so the the strain thing. I, I always say I'm lucky for that, and also I'm lucky because mostly everything what I'm looking for is digestion. To not, like, make my nausea go away and to be able to get hungry. And I'm really lucky, knock on wood, that most strains, like, I, I don't really, there's not been weed that I smoked where I'm like, this isn't working. Like, I'm not getting there. I'm not getting baked or I'm not, like, eventually I'll get there. I might have to smoke a little bit more of it, but mostly everything works for me. It's, like, kind of magic that way. That's what I mean. Like, it's so magic that it's, like... Sure, you can maybe pinpoint it, and there's certain strains that'll work better. But it was just like if I smoked weed out of a pop can and felt better, like how? You know, I don't recommend that at all. But I'm just saying. So, so like whatever I, it you, takes. Know, you can smoke swag and schwag. still get lots of benefits. Yeah, you know? for sure. But
0: that's all that's in your pre rolls, people.
1: Back in the day, my buddy used to have this white widow that was just like,
0: white widow. I was thinking of her this morning,
1: and it's a good because I
0: posted Snow White,
1: and it's like. Different and unique and strong. And my name,
0: Genevieve, means white widow. Oh my god, no way! Yeah, it does. Well, is it, that
1: your favorite strain? It's gotta be. My
0: favorite strain is guava.
1: Oh wow, that's a great strain. Yeah.
0: Trait. Like yeah. be all end all. Call me when the guava's in.
1: Like yeah, I love like mangoes, like yes. Yeah.
0: Anything fruity but not citrus, I've pinpointed See, is love, good for me. I'm, I love
1: like a lemon diesel. I'm a citrus I'm a I I like a I'm one of those only people who's like high sativa. Give it to me. Like those strains that mm. and I'm using, you know, sativa like don't jump down my throat here, people. I'm using the term lightly. I know yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. Not. Yeah. sativa. Technical isn't the be all end all but um in terms of those kind of like uppity zippy zippy strains yeah Yeah. i love that
0: see too zippy too high a sativa uh no bueno for her i like like if i would if i go into go into the dispensary and see what the breakdown is if it's 85 or plus i'd stay away from it i don't even know now i'm like i don't know now I'm all very CBD focused. and But like if I do smoke flower, I'm loving like – I tried watermelon, which Ooh. I assumed was a sativa or, or a hybrid, but it's like deep indica. But oh, it's nice. so fun. If you I ever get – I don't think
1: I ever have. It's
0: really yeah. fun indica. Big fan. Big fan.
1: I, 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 yeah, so I can smoke it all. I'm okay, I'll mom.
0: take it all. Mom. Okay, so <laughs> you got me thinking – it's been one month, yeah. almost exact amount. It's been almost one month since legalization. And it's been one month less a day since our last rolling parlor to be continued. Um, I wanted to talk about our lives and how much life has changed and Canada's changed and what the fuck has happened and what we've seen since then. If anything, I mean, I, I made a joke the night before about how... My life wasn't going to change that much. And then I realized afterwards that that was me coming from a place of privilege and not cool for me to have said. But also,
1: I mean, it's the truth. Well, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's also
0: me admitting to the fact that, like, I'm, I'm an access kind of girl in that right now the system's not made for me. I'm yeah. not the kind of girl who can pre-plan and wait three days or however long Canada Post is going to take to get off strike to have her weed delivered. So yeah, she's got to like pop in to in and out, in and out privileges. And, exactly. Yeah.
1: And, <laughs> and it's just the way, I like, I don't know, I'm not new to this. Like right? I'm 31 years old. I've been smoking weed since I was like, you know, every day since I was 19. Yeah. So it's like, I have, system yeah so but you're good so so in that way I never really like it was different for me because I never really saw it as like oh I'm gonna get to do this or this like I never for a second thought that like my access situation would change but in that way too in that kind of not thoughtful way I wasn't really thinking about other people and how for lots of people it's going to be their first time. In Amazing. Yeah. The store well, they
0: and- went to OCS. Now, did you go to OCS.ca? I
1: did not. No, but I went, I, well, like my friends were going throughout the day and I was seeing like how many orders there were. And I thought that was really cool. Like the fact that like they had like, I mean, it was like 60,000 orders by like one or 2 PM that afternoon. Yeah. I mean, that's cool.
0: But was that not a little bit like, what's the word, you know?
1: Anticlimactic.
0: Well, just sort of the the fun of it, just because it was the day, and then it would, they were done. Oh, of we're done it was with just it. Like, yeah. yeah. Everyone's yeah, going back is- to their original routines. Though my sister just admitted that she ordered OCS. I said, "Do you need gosh?" And she goes, "I ordered from OCS." Oh yeah. She said, "We'll see how it goes." She yeah. said she didn't. There was no selection and weird packaging situations. I mean, it's all going to change next year, right?
1: Like yeah. Let's let's yeah. Hope we keep moving.
0: And we're seeing in other provinces cooler shit than what's happening here. Like, we're yeah. seeing back of... Well,
1: in other states and stuff. Like, I love how we're like, Canada's leading the way. And it's like, have you been to legal I, state? Like no, I haven't. California?
0: Where should I go first? I
1: went to Seattle and I loved it. Okay. Uh, amazing I'm obviously going to California, but anyway. TJ Organics. Uh, sorry, what'd you say? I said
0: I'm obviously going to California, but keep going.
1: right, right. right, right. <laughs> Right, right. And I haven't been there since. So I I hear it's amazing too. And I mean, it's California.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Colorado was the first.
1: And Colorado apparently. So I was there when it first happened and it was still kind of weird and it was like... Uh, donations only type of thing so you would buy a pipe and they would like give you a gram of weed on the side or something like that even though it was legal because it was only legal to like it was consume yeah and it was only kind of like decrimmed halfway you couldn't like profit off of it interesting and then it evolved into what it is and And now it's a brand playground yeah
0: that's what's intriguing for me the fact that everything's just like beautiful I just want to go fucking experience yeah, I want it to all. Try it. Yeah, and
1: where Discovery is Discovery Tour,
0: Discovery Tour. Let's do it. We're going. Oh my gosh, could you
1: imagine? We should. We really should.
0: We actually should, and we should videotape it. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna sponsor it? Call us. Hala at high life. <laughs>
1: I'm not joking. Serious.
0: Um. Okay. So have your friends. Like, has it, so life hasn't changed that much.
1: Um, what has changed? There was one thing that I was going to say that I noticed. Oh, people are giving me dirtier looks when I smoke weed in public.
0: Somebody messaged me saying the same thing, that she felt that the uh, stigma and the judgment around it had gotten worse and that everyone just begrudgingly is like, all the kids are going to be around smoking and driving. No, no, no. Dang. Who's this? Who's calling? Don't call. Um, that all, you know, that everything is just sort of getting worse. All the, you know, fuddy-duddies are sort of fuddy-duddying around. I don't
1: know why. It's, I, it's like maybe, maybe they just weren't paying attention before and they wouldn't because cannabis wasn't legal. They weren't like, oh, that girl's smoking a joint. They, they were like, there's no way she's smoking a joint. And now because it's legal, they're like, oh, my God, she's smoking a joint. I don't know what it is, but it's. Definitely there.
0: Really? Yeah. Now are in Toronto, in, in Hamilton, Toronto, and everywhere?
1: In Toronto. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I've always been blatant and I've always not cared. Like I've been loud you and know. proud even, you know, in, from a work capacity. Izzy Newtonberg has been out there doing work for like 10 years. But,
1: You're you know. Good for you. Thank you for that.
0: I didn't even really realize what I was doing, to be frank. But like I just, I bloomed when I started smoking. And... You know, and like why
1: would you keep that a secret, or why would you not? Totally. Yeah, I'm, I was, and for me too, it became such a necessity, part of my life.
0: Well, it's, you know, it sounds like it, and I didn't realize probably same because I used to suffer from tummy issues that are, have since healed, and all this kind of thing. And, so, and meanwhile, sleeping, what was and I doing? And
1: all those things that naturally oh, just. Oh yeah, you don't think connected. a doctor would
0: have me on pharma if he or she could? Like, and it
1: would be nine or ten different things, As right. opposed to this one thing, right? And those nine or ten different things would be counteracting and bliebel, blanging, and then, oh, take this because this is doing this while you're trying to sort this out. That's exactly
0: what it is. My dad is very sick. God bless him. And he calls it, it's like a domino effect because you start the first one and it's just... All they go. It's really interesting. I don't even know what the fuck I was saying. Um, North Star. Oh, about... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Izzy Newtonberg was out there and she was like living, you know, living loud and proud. But there was one point like ages ago, it was probably 10 years ago, where I was smoking on the street uh, outside a bar and a cop walked by and I blew cannabis smoke in his face and I laughed. And that was a point of like coming from a place of privilege most people probably couldn't have done that back oh then, god, but I, would have I, been, I would have was fucking died. no I just did it I just did it oh my god. <laughs> what happened? I don't know but if, oh god look, look at our look at our beats but you know a couple three squad cars rolled up to our rolling parlor the night before the night of legalization the 16th and got out and started coming into our venue. And I don't know. I mean, we, we were drinking this beautiful cannabis uh, sparkly drink called St. Clair. I've got a bottle here. Um, oh. And ah. I think pro- people probably thought it was champagne. But
1: mm, I don't know. So what they say? We all went I running was, inside. I, 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 was I, was I, like, I running, said, once I'm a stoner, sorry. always
0: a stoner. We literally all were like. Oh <laughs> we ran inside like, hi tail out of there. Have you ever
1: talked to a cop or anything like since legal? Like, cause now I'm almost tempted to like just go off and nap. Like, I don't know. And cause I've been legal. They'd like, end like, up in think, a tree. I don't know. I don't know how they would act and shit. It's what, weird. have you just smoked in front of them? Yeah, or just like.
0: I've walked down the street smoking with a friend since legalization, just in front of cops not caring. And they
1: don't. No. They don't say. I wonder. I, I wonder if they're like pissed or if they're like resentful or like what it is. I think. It must be weird for them, right?
0: Maybe. I guess, the, yeah, the societal shift. They just have to ignore it now. Maybe.
1: Well, and because, like, the cops that I experienced were not, like, sorry, ma'am, this is my job. They like, didn't
0: toe the line.
1: But, it, no, yeah, they did. and But they weren't, like, trying to be, like, it's just my job. Like, they were, like, you're a disgusting, terrible person. And, like, <sighs> no, like, I remember oh, one time me and my ki- my friends, me and my kids, me and my friends when we were young not kids obviously but you know 18 or whatever we were about to go to a movie and we were smoking weed in the parking lot outside of the movie theater and the cop like drug us out not in my parking lot he no. said he straight up said not in my parking lot
0: not like, in my the guy parking had lot.
1: he's a security <laughs> I was gonna
0: say he's a security guard now 100% they should that.
1: call them insecurity guards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's actually amazing do you own that dot com yes yeah, somebody should insecurity guards <laughs>
1: I'm tweeting Uh, that out later
0: today. Yeah. Right. Anyway. So yeah. Maybe we maybe we do a social experiment. It's it's interesting that you say that. Like maybe there is a great divide happening versus the stigma eroding. But it's all like I guess it takes a while. I guess it takes a while.
1: And I've always thought this to circle back to our conversation on pop culture. That's why I think pop culture is so important Mm. because you can make a law, and I think what might happen is people are resentful of that law. Like these cops, for example, who have been told these people are criminals. This is terrible. These people are criminals. What is a law going to change? The- like literally, how could a law mm. changing change their mind overnight? Think a piece about, of paper. Think about what would have to happen in that person's mind. How much trust they would have to have in like systems of government and just like, like yeah, like you said, pieces of paper, words on paper. Interesting. Like you would have to have the utmost respect for just like, Legislation. Legislation, which no one does, right? And and we and we shouldn't, because legislation is there to serve us, not vice versa. Right. So I think that's why but if you maybe made a documentary or you made a show and you put that cop's favorite actor in that show and you showed that actor smoking weed or running a dispensary, Kathy Bates, for example, just did that disjointed thing, and to go back to two with like hey maybe things aren't perfect maybe disjointed on Netflix wasn't perfect and I were, I
0: immediately turned it off
1: it was stereotypical <laughs> it was horrible bullshit and grossness and stuff but hey if that worked for a Kathy Bates fan out there yeah. I mean and, and I'm not saying like across the board because there was like some so many Kathy Bates fans in, in disjointed and not saying like well whatever works in that way but I mean in terms of like talking about cannabis yeah. you know I do think that those type of things, like those pop culture things, or just like you said, seeing it on Instagram, you know, if that's a judgmental person, they can say, they can see on, you know, oh, this law changed, but then they can see that like their friends and the people and the influencers, the people that they look up to are changing and being more open about things. And I think that'll change people's minds until that happens.
0: I think more than anything, it's sports. Honestly,
1: for sure. Well, it, and it fits. It's professional so athletes, well,
0: right? And R- R- we've had Riley Cote on uh, High Tea twice now. He's a former NHLer who is trying to normalize cannabis through sports because, and he got fired from the Flyers after presenting cannabinoids 101. And, oh my god! Oh yeah, and or. But good for him. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe the connect wasn't so clear, but right, right. it was the next day. Um, That's fucking brutal. But now he and all of these uh, other former professional athletes and professional athletes from all these different segments of you know the culture are all stepping into the lights, you know, trying to talk about the benefits of it, and that to me is a huge vehicle for normalization, especially amongst men. Mm-hmm. Honestly.
1: Yeah. That's huge.
0: I'm talking to two NHLers tomorrow, actually. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Well, former, who are starting a CBD, hemp-based CBD line out of the U.S. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm intrigued to hear their stories, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Everyone like, has a story. Yeah.
0: To be told.
1: The CFL probably has a lot of cannabis users, too, because they don't test for cannabis in the CFL, and they do in the NFL. So, mm. as a kind of anecdote, my friends would always tell me that like that's why the the CFL like has real some decent players. Is <laughs> better.
0: That's why people <laughs> land here. Yeah. Interesting, I see that. I see that. And the NBA, what did the NBA do? They actually same.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, everybody everybody in the NBA smokes weed. Not yeah. everybody, obviously, but like the the players that I follow, like you can tell they totally smoke
0: weed. Yeah. Well, the, the impetus came when I realized that they're not tested. But I mean to actually be pro, and or to be endorsing of potentially the benefits of cannabis and full spectrum and CBD for inflammation and injuries and traumatic brain injuries and beyond mental health, mental health huge. equilibrium. Oh
1: my God. Huge, huge, right? Especially it's, with like concussions. Absolutely. All the, the research that's coming out about, oh, I forget the name, but the concussion <laughs> no stuff. Pun. No. <laughs> no pun <laughs> No pun intended.
0: Oh my God, you're the best. Okay, so last cue before we wrap up. What if you, I always like to bring things back to women. A lot of guys listen to this podcast, actually, but to me, there's something blooming amongst females in this female flower. So is there a message? Is there something that you sort of could leave behind with the listeners and the people who are really just waking up to the role that this has in our li- their lives? And really there's a lot of women who are all of a sudden summing, you know, feeling inspired to step out and be loud and proud if their circumstances allow. So what would you say to that?
1: Hmm. I'd say that, like, I know it can be more difficult because, like, women and, like, non-binary people and genderqueer people, like, it's like we already are dealing with so much shit. And so something, if you want to just cope with something and do it on your own, it, that makes sense, right? But at the same time, like, I found... I've helped so many other people just by being open and we're open about other things in our lives. And we find that to be helpful, and empowering. So this can really be that thing too. And it's like, I think everything's coming, been coming back to me lately about this idea of, I I did a storytelling event with 48 North. um, Oh yes. I'm sorry. I missed that. Oh, you're too sweet. I just remembered you messaged me that night. You're way so too sweet. When people do that, it just means the world, you know, like No, I really
0: did want to be there. We had our rolling parlor that night, I remember.
1: And if So that's, to anyone out there, if you can't be at someone and you send a little note, like you're a (laughs) sweet-ass person. Yeah. And that's appreciated. Um, I was really nervous for that event because I do, I I always wanted to be a writer. I always wanted to be a creative writer, but I just had the opportunities to write kind of articles and uh, nonfiction and stuff about cannabis, stuff about pop culture, stuff about myself. But this was the first time I kind of it was still like autobiographical. It was still about myself, but I wrote like a short creative story and I was so nervous. And because, and when I wrote it, it just seemed so like plain or like, it didn't seem like a story or like art is what I kept saying. Like I, but, to but everyone I told was like, that's amazing. And it's so you and it's so perfect. And it's so what people needed to hear. And then I had this realization that like, the what's mundane to us is what's powerful to other people. Hmm. So it can seem like, and we can be talking about cannabis. We can be talking about pop culture and these are like I'm or anything in your life. But for me, these two things have been huge in the fact that I, I thought they were so mundane and yet they were so, so much a fundamental part of my life. And so I just thought like, Oh, well I'll just keep it my own personal little thing because And, and like cannabis and pop culture, people tell you from all these different areas, like, well, that's not legitimate. Like that's, it's a thing, but it's like, uh, it's this, or they try to put those things in a box. Like you can only have guilty pleasures or those type of things with pop culture. And then I I got to the realization that it's like, whatever is, is, and it's all legitimate. Right. It's all legitimate. And the more we talk about these things, the more other people can recognize that in themselves. For sure. And then we're just having natural conversations where, like you said, like we shouldn't you know, you were like, I didn't even know that I was doing it at the time of being an advocate. I was just, you know, being myself. And I think that is the key to everything. It's not even really about cannabis for me. It's about being able to be myself. I was going to fucking full
0: circle. (laughs) Right? Because this is how I think... You won Big Brother. Oh my gosh. Honestly. Well, I think you were probably just this girl, this amazing self, soul that's sitting across from me and authentic and real and who you were. No qualms about it because, you know, you can't be anybody but
1: who you are. And you really do shine yeah. when you are bringing all the aspects of yourself to the table. Right. So Versus hiding. there was hiding. another player on my season who is an incredible player Um, And even he came back and won a different season. He played like a kind of, it was like fans versus favorites kind of season where they brought all-stars back and then they, they put newbies in the house too. And he won that season. So clearly great strategist, amazing player. From when I look back, I think the main difference in the way he played the game is when he came in the first time, he's a professional poker player. And he mm. didn't tell anybody he was a professional poker player because he had a, he had other careers in his life and he had other things he could... It's not that he was actively lying. He was just like not saying that because, you know, we might have looked at him like, oh, of he's course. pretty smart and strategic, of right? Of course. But because of that, I do think that might have bit played on him in a certain way. You can tell intuitively people are hiding things. I felt... Yeah. Like he was hiding something and even that had nothing to do with the game really, but people are going to kind of assume the worst. And I think that I've always taken that as kind of metaphor for life. Cause when he came back and people knew he was a poker player and he got to be his full self, Mm. he freaking thrived and killed that. So I think he's, that's, that story has been a big inspiration to me. And, and yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I'm like you though, I it's not brave of me by any chance. I mean, you are brave. That's not what I mean to say. Uh, thank you, I mean, but I don't know. I think we're both on the same page when here. When you girl. say you can't help it, that's what I mean we're similar. Because mm. I can't help it. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't. it wasn't brave of me to do that on, or play that way on Big Brother. Or it's not that I was smarter than Kevin, the poker player, and was like, oh, I, the way to win is to be yourself. I just literally can't help it because yes, I am exactly. a mess of a human being.
0: People say to me, I love that you march to the beat of your own drummer. And I'm like, I do. Was there another (laughs) drummer playing? Like, I don't hear that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, on that note, I love it. Your message is inspiring. It, you are inspiring and amazing. Keep it real, Cannabishes. This has been
1: the best afternoon.
0: Oh, my God. What a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Sarah Hanlon, flat. <laughs> Our new favorite cannabis on High Tea.life. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at High Tea.life like us, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other things. Join our invite list and holla at your girl by visiting tea.life.